This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News Show. Join you every morning at 8am UK time. First things first, I'll be talking a little bit quieter, but I'm trying to talk closer to the microphone. Reason being is we've got uh, family friends around and uh, of course an 8am show is pretty early in the morning. So I'm going to try and keep my voice to as low of a tone and as low as a volume as I can, while still maintaining, of course, uh, a level of volume that you can still hear. So apologies that this is not going to be my usual eccentric, enthusiastic self, but I hope you understand. So good morning to everybody joining us in the live chat. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. Uh, Yomi, good morning to you. Uh, to Maximius, to Olu, uh, to Nate, good morning to Matt G, to Yomi. Uh, I've already done those twice. There you go. Happy days. Rich, good morning to you. Uh, Jose, Blackshine, we've got Tabani, we've got A1 runs with Cows, Odirile, Brad, uh, Oliwasun uh, as well joining us, Wilson, James, AAA, Stephen, Martin, and plenty more of you guys as well. So, hope you're doing good, and uh, I hope that you have enjoyed your week. The weekend is indeed here. Happy days, happy, happy days. Let's um, crack on with today's stories, of course. First of all, you need to go and make sure you watch our preview yesterday, uploaded on both our YouTube channel and all of our audio platforms as well. I was joined by Kian and Joe to talk all things Liverpool versus Arsenal, team news, injuries, lineups, predictions, all of that lovely stuff. Uh, and we'll be discussing a little bit more about the game in our headline story shortly. But do go check it out uh, if, of course, you want any of my thoughts on the game coming up you can indeed go and get them in that show. So make sure you go and watch it. Moving forwards, uh, Leah Williamson uh, lifted the finalissima, uh, finalissima trophy for 2023 after a 1-1 draw with Brazil, uh, ended in a penalty shootout, which England won 4-2. After, of course, the European Championship success of last year, only good things are coming to the England women's national team. They are really showing the men's side how you win in cup finals. And uh, certainly I've wanted some... I've wanted a lot more success for the England men's team than we're seeing. And Gareth Southgate, I feel personally, is you know holding us back. But uh, 
the England women's team are doing brilliant things. And it was fantastic, of course, to see Leah lift the trophy. A shame that Beth Mead, of course, couldn't be there after still recovering from her injury, as is Viv Miedemar for the Netherlands. But uh, still fantastic achievement. So well done, girls. Fantastic. Uh, now, Bert Leno has been talking rather openly about the All or Nothing series. I hope that you uh, remember uh, specifically that we're in a situation whereby anything that's kind of a view of the club behind the scenes is always going to be uh, edited. It's going to be a certain reflection of what we see. You can't see everything that happens. Um, But Bert Leno rather interestingly was talking about the All or Nothing series and he says that I was there, you know, it's nice for the fans and for the people to see everything. But at the end of the day, I have to say this is not the reality. Some things were not 100% true. This season, there was also a lot of problems with some players and everything. And when you were inside and then you watch the documentary and then you see, like, I think, no, I'm not sure about that. Now, of course, what Leno specifically is talking about, I don't know. Um, I don't really understand uh, what specifically was and, and wasn't real. But I think we can make some assumptions that some things behind the scenes were, of course, not shown. Um, the Abamyang situation we know was shown only a glimpse of that whole fiasco and we'll never know in you know in real detail what ultimately happened and what went down um but it's interesting to see he's come out and and said this in an interview with with goal uh james westwood wrote the piece um but yeah very interesting that uh it was not the reality of what we saw of course we i think we saw one kind of bust up in training between cedric and lacazette but but that was about it but yeah strange um to see him i mean people say why has he come out and asked this or why has he come out and said this he's being asked this during an interview so he's only giving his opinion on something so it's always i think unfair when some people turn around and say well why is he being asked why why is he coming out and saying this well because he's been asked the question i know obviously you could turn around and say he could choose not to answer it but it's just a it's just something that he's given. And to be honest, I agree with Reese here. Who who cares? <laughs> who cares if that's not the reality? Ultimately, Arsenal have moved forward and are in a very successful season now. Now, following Balogun is supposedly unlikely to leave Arsenal this summer. That's according to Ben Jacobs uh, of CBS Sports, who has said that he believes that Arsenal will have to be encouraged to accept a very attractive bid if they have any kind of um, interest at all. In accepting the move. He says, right now, I don't see Arsenal entertaining an outright sale for Balogun in the summer. I think the two options will either be to persuade him to be a squad player and fight for his place or not want to loan him out. Uh, or send him, of course, out on with one more loan and then work out whether he's a regular first-teamer for the following season. Um, it's difficult to know what we're going to do. Um, it's really going to be difficult to know what we're going to do with uh, with this, with this situation, with uh, Enketia, with Jesus, with who we might bring in. Um, all of these factors, of course, will combine to create a fiasco whereby we need to sort out this rather swiftly, I think. If you consider the fact that he's worth probably, in my mind, as much as he's going to be worth for a while, if you've scored 17, 18 goals plus during a season, comes back to Arsenal doesn't play his value is going to drop his contracts also running down and so Arsenal have got to weigh up the the pros and cons of moving Balogun on if they choose to do so and one of those pros is that right now his value is going to be absolutely maximized um you're probably going to be getting upwards of 30 million pounds and if he comes back to Arsenal and doesn't play it's difficult to see anybody or specifically Arsenal getting that amount of money for him so 
very interesting what will happen this summer. We'll wait and see. We'll cover this story and we'll keep you updated. But uh, Balogun continues to be linked with a move away. But it's said right now, according to Ben Jacobs, that it's unlikely he'll be sold. Now, Borussia Dortmund are said to still be pushing rather heavily for Ivan Fresneda. The Spanish youth international playing at Real Valladolid was obviously linked with Arsenal in the January transfer window. And Dortmund were one of the other big teams that were said to be also interested in him. However, reports emanating from Spain suggest that Dortmund continue to lead this push and they are really keen on trying to sign him, as are Arsenal. And this appears to be one that will battle its way through. Um, to, of course, the summer transfer window. There are other options, and we know that Arsenal have got interest in other players as well. Sasha Bowie of Galatasaray is said to be another player that Arsenal are interested in, um, but Fresneda always seemed to be the number one. And it would be good to see if Arsenal get hold of one of their priority targets after the, the kind of rhetoric and agenda that's around Arsenal being unable to do that. But we'll see and keep you updated on this line. Now, a headline story is that of the images that were released of Liverpool training, Salah, Jota and Gomez were missing from those images. Now, of course, we don't know 100% sure in the same way that when we ever assess our Arsenal training images, whether they tell the full story. However, if you go by these images, you would say that they missed training. Um, Why they wouldn't be included in those pictures is obviously up for debate and some would suggest that maybe Liverpool are doing it on purpose to not show the players in training. Um, it's very, very difficult to know if there if there is a real injury reason or an illness reason. Of course, we know Virgil van Dijk missed the game against Chelsea because of illness uh, and maybe that has potentially spread to other players. This is pure speculation. There is no reasoning behind officially being given. Jurgen Klopp will, of course, face the media today and Mikel Arteta will, of course, face the media today for the Arsenal side of things, and we'll hopefully hear some more about William Saliba's situation. But it's, as Dan says, potentially a bit of a mind game. Maybe, of course, they were training, and they're absolutely fine. But according to those images, they weren't there. But as we all know, maybe we need to be a little bit more savvy in what we think is actually going on. Okay, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right then, uh, let's jump into the chat box. Uh, I'm not going to be sticking around for too long, as I said. And for those that have joined late and you can hear me talking maybe a little bit quieter than usual, we've got people around. And so an 8am show is not the most accommodating of things. I mean, imagine going to a bed and breakfast and then all of a sudden 
you can hear my voice in the background doing an 8am show um so let's tackle some of the questions while we can and then we'll be wrapping things up fairly swiftly uh space monkey says uh win the league this year guaranteed or tottenham and chelsea for the next five years never move above seventh win the league <laughs> win the league without a shadow of a doubt uh camera up says what do you think would have happened if we got mudrick it seems like we dodged a bullet uh, a bullet rather um trossard is an absolute bargain but how different would things have turned out i think they would have been different i do think that he wanted to go to arsenal this was the club where he wanted to be and then having to move somewhere where not only are you changing outside the dressing room because there's too many players, but you're working under a coach that maybe was not the driving force behind you moving to that club where Mikel Arteta, we certainly know, was very keen on Mudrik. But you've then got this expectation of a €100 million Euro fee. And I think Arsenal, had Chelsea not been in the race for the player, probably wouldn't have been able to get him for less than that and we seem to have been getting closer to that figure around the 70 to 80 million euro mark before Chelsea came back in with that big bid before he moved um and I think that maybe obviously under a coach like Arteta who knew exactly what he wanted for the player had a plan for the player that we wouldn't have been able to get him into the team and playing more minutes and developing knowing what his role is and there maybe wouldn't have been the expectation that there is that there is now at Chelsea Trossard when he joined there wasn't too much expectation, to be honest. Trossard's come in. He's been able to provide backup, seven assists, which is more, I think, than a number of Premier League teams have managed in the same period of time. He's done amazingly well, and that's because the pressure's kind of been off for him. You know, he comes in, you've got a front three of Jesus, Oranketia, Saka, Martinelli. He's come in when needed and performed. And I think the pressure would have been a bit more off if Madrid had arrived at Arsenal compared to what the pressure is going to be like and is currently like at Chelsea. So I do think it would have been better, but it's ultimately impossible to know if anything would have been different, but you'd think that it might have been. Um, Akron says, would you rather Trent or Gomez start for Liverpool? Trent, without a shadow of a doubt. I think Martinelli, as you say, will demolish him in defence. Uh, Temi says, surely Balogun is worth more than 30 million. You got to ask the question when you talk about player values, why is a player worth a certain figure? Now, Balogun, of course, last season was playing for Middlesbrough in the championship. And if we'd have sold Balogun then, I think you would have been lucky to get around 15 million quid. He moves to France on loan this season to a team like Rons, who are in the middle of the, the league and the table, kind of pushing for the up, towards the upper half. And um, you're then in a situation where what clubs are going to be interested at the end of the season? A fair few. How long's left on his contract? Two to three years, I think. And you got to also think about other players that have moved of a similar position from similar clubs to similar leagues. Now, if he moves to another Premier League team, I could see that being around the £40 million mark, potentially, and Arsenal asking for that amount of money. If he moves to a Serie A club, so AC Milan, Inter Milan have been interested... I think you're then talking about a figure around the 30 to 35 because if you think about Tammy Abraham, Tammy Abraham who was playing in the Premier League, scoring goals in the Premier League for Chelsea, not doing it on loan in France, it's different. He went for around £35 million to Roma. I think that was the price tag. And of course, they also had a buyback clause in that around 80. So they're the reasons why figures... I mean, how many of you guys were telling me vehemently that Nuno Tavares was worth upwards of 30 million quid. Like, this is what I mean. You need to be 
you need to be conscious of the ideas around players, conscious of the idea and the factors that restrict how much players are worth. Jay says here, Isaac was worth 60, we went for 68 million euros. I believe that was pretty close, if not actually at his buyout clause that he was. Newcastle, of course, are a club with a lot of money. He moved for a club in Real Sociedad who rarely ever sell for other than really good fees for their players. I mean, you think about Oyafabal's not been able to be taken from Real Sociedad because of that amount of money that has been associated with him and they don't need to sell. And because they didn't need to sell Isaac, it means that they can they can ask for a huge, huge price. He was their starting striker. Balogun is not Arsenal's starting striker. Balogun is not getting regular game time when he comes back to Arsenal. He is not going to be particularly... I mean, the opposite of that. He is going to be, I think, more open to moving. And all of these factors combined with Arsenal's reputation in the market means you're never getting close to Isaac. And let's be honest, Isaac was performing in La Liga consistently for a number of, for two to three seasons. And we've got Balogun, who is still relatively unproven. He's having a very good year, but he's being, he's relatively unproven. And because of that, you're just not going to see upwards of 40 million. I don't think you're going to see far upwards of 30 million. Who knows? It could be wrong. But I don't think the expectations of 40 million quid for Balogun are to a point where if we were to lose Balogun for, say, 30 to 35, that people could be going, that's ridiculous. Edu should have got more money because I just don't think that's accurate. I don't think that would be a fair representation of his value. Um, how much do you think Jesus is worth now? Well, of course, we signed him for £45 million on one-year deal from his contract. 26 years of age. Now he's back fully fit. He's doing well. You'd have to say he's upwards of 80-odd million quid. You know, you're not going to let him go for something anything lower than that. He's priceless to Arsenal, really. So he's arguably not got a price tag, similar to to Saka or Martinelli, something like that. It's very difficult. Uh, Fuad says, where do you see Rice playing if Edu was to be able to get him? Either six or eight. He can play both roles. Um, and I think because of that, what you've got in a situation there is is that Partey can play with him. He can play instead of Partey. Uh, he can play instead of Xhaka or with Xhaka. That versatility is going to be key. So six or eight, I think Rice will be able to put in very good performances in both positions in the team. Telvin says, hey, Tom, who do you think will have more pressure, Arsenal or City? Arsenal. The expectation on us, we've not won a title for 20 years, 19 years. City have won four of the last five leagues. The pressure is very much all on Arsenal. Uh, Amira says, why does it seem that other clubs can overprice their players and sell them for that fee slash close to whereas we set a reasonable price and still struggle to sell? Is it a reputation thing? I would argue... To, to say some examples, if you think about Liverpool, Jordan Ibe, Rian Brewster, uh, Solanke, you know, those moved three to four years ago, I believe. When was Rian Brewster? When did he move? Uh, it feels like it was an absolute lifetime ago that he moved on from Liverpool. Uh, he moved in, because he's always the one that gets referenced, 2020. So he moved in... October of 2020 uh, announced the signing of Brewster. So literally just as the pandemic hit and we were still unsure about the financial implications of um, of kind of the pandemic and what we was doing, Liverpool sold that player um, to Sheffield United who were still fairly you know, in the Premier League at that point, flush with cash from getting promoted, knew they were going to have money after going down anyway because of parachute payments. And before that, Ibe and Solanke, all of those things, I think, combined before the pandemic means that they were just going to be able to sell players for so much more. You're in a situation, and they sold them to other Premier League teams as well. So Solanke went to, 
Where did Solanke go to? I know he's at Bournemouth now. Did he go straight to Bournemouth? Because he was at, was he at Chelsea previously before that? Uh, he went to, yeah, he went straight to Bournemouth. So he went to another Premier League team. So did Ibe. So did Brewster. If we're talking about Balogun moving abroad, that changes things. When have we sold another player to another Premier League team that wasn't for a decent price. Emmy Martinez was in the team for 12 games and we got close to 20 million quid for him after being worth, what, a few million quid a year before that? Joe Willock, six-month loan at Newcastle, 25 million pounds we got for him to Newcastle. Really good deal. Alex Awobi was playing fairly regularly in the Arsenal team, nearly 40 million quid to Everton. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Coming to the end of his time at Arsenal, I think he had something like a year left on his contract, just a bit plus that. Um, and then obviously moved on for near to 40 million quid, 35 to 40 million pounds as well. So you're getting good fees. Then you've got players that didn't move particularly great. Bert Leno, for example, you know, he moved for around, I think, a base fee of three million quid. And it's got bonuses that if Fulham stay up or get further up the table, which they will, Arsenal will end up getting close to 10 million pounds, uh, around eight million pounds, I think it is for Bert Leno. But to be honest, that is a bit of an example of where Arsenal were screwed over. It is a backup goalkeeper. We did need to move him on. He was really pushing to leave the club as well. I think his contract had something like two, one or two years left on it. Yes, it was undervalued, but it's not a deal that I don't think hangs over Edu, to be, to be honest, particularly with regards to what he's worth. Should we have got more? Probably. But Martinez, Willock, Iwobi, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, when you're looking at the examples of players that have moved from Arsenal to other Premier League teams, we've managed to get decent, very decent, I think, fees for those players. Now we're in a situation where we have got assets that we need to look at selling much better. Maitland-Niles, Pepe, I don't want to use Runnison, but he is a player that's there. Balogun, potentially Rob Holding, Nuno Tavares, potentially Kieran Tierney. You know, this summer is going to be the summer that we judge Edu regarding his sales technique, regarding his sales reputation. And this is the summer to improve our reputation in the market regarding sales. I'm not necessarily that critical of Edu in the market regarding outgoings because I don't think he's had the opportunity to really move players on that are really going to be worth something. I don't judge the players that we've let go of. I know some people say Genduzi, but I think there is so many different factors around the Genduzi situation. His situation was untenable. He refused to apologise to the club despite being given opportunities to do so. He went to Hertha Berlin on loan, did nothing, you know, and then went to Marseille with an option, with a clause in that contract that allowed them to buy him out of a contract. So no matter what he did at Marseille, that clause in his deal was already set. He was always going to be able to be bought for that price, no matter what he did at Marseille. But if you base if you base that, what, 9 million quid fee on what he did at Hertha Berlin, it's probably about fair. He didn't do that great in Germany. And so he was probably around a nine million pound player with a year left on his deal because that's all he had left on his deal was about a year. And so he moved to Marseille, had a really good season, probably doubled his value in that year. But I think as this season, his value has dipped again. He's not had the same season this season as he did last season. I don't think we'll miss Genduzzi. I know he's a French international now. He's getting called up to the senior side. I don't think we'll or we ever miss him. It's not going to be an issue for us. If we can get Pepe, if we can get 10 million for Pepe Luca, you know, we're laughing. I think we're absolutely laughing. 
uh, if we can get 10 million for Pepe. Um, I really, really do think that would be a great deal for us. We'll have to wait and see. Um, yeah, RM says, I don't think we'll even get 10 million for Pepe. And then again, Anthony went for 100 million. I mean, Pepe's... Anthony's deal is very different. Pepe's situation is very, very different. It's just... It's just mad. It's just mad. Dan says, I cannot understand why we refuse to sell Maitland-Niles to Wolves for 20 million. Yeah, definitely a mistake. You look at it in the past, we should have sold him to Wolves then for 20 million. He was never really going to get better. And Arteta's idea was always going to be to move away from that five-at-the-back system. And he never really fit into another role in the 4-3-3 that he wanted to use. So we definitely should have accepted that bid when it came in. But... We've now got Maitland-Niles of a year left on his contract and probably going to be struggling to move him on in the summer. But we'll, again, have to wait and see what happens. Front says, we underprice our players so much. Again, I don't necessarily think that we do. I know it's not a popular opinion. I know it's really easy to say that we undersell our players. I just think we've not had the assets to sell that well, to be honest. We have made some players move on for lower than what they're actually worth. But I think that's because we were just desperate to get them out of the club like Leno, like Genduzzi, like Mustafi, like Kalasnach, you know, like Socrates. We were just desperate to get them off, desperate to get them out of the team so we could rebuild, reharmonize the group, bring the group back together. It is what it is. I'm not that fussed about it. But this summer, I have got more of a scrutiny around it. This summer, I have got more of an opinion on it because I think there are assets at the club that we can sell for good fees. But I think what I think is a good fee and what I think you think is a good fee are probably two different things. Um, and so that's that's what's key. Camera up says, don't you think that the market is a lot different than it was two years ago? Imagine in like two seasons' time. It's hugely different. If you think the market is the same two years ago compared to now, in 2021, just after the pandemic hit, compared to now, it's ignorant, I think, of what is a huge impact on teams, especially on the continent. The money that's in the Premier League compared to other nations on the continent and abroad is so different. So different. Uh, HV says, you haven't mentioned wages, uh, which is also a key factor in why we've not sold. Exactly. You know, I've said a lot on this as to why I don't think we've been able to get a good amount of money for certain players. And I haven't even been able to talk about wages, which have also been massively, massively overpriced. I mean, Cole Jenkinson, for instance, was on something upwards of 50K a week. Uh, Mustafi was on something of upwards of 50K a week. Um Say Kalasnach was on six figures. Bellerin was on six figures. You know, so we're on talking about players that are on huge sums of money that are only going to go to clubs that don't play anywhere or pay players anywhere close to that. And, and that's the reality of the situation is that you just need to realise that there is so much more associated with players, so many factors that affect the sale of a player, that it's not just as easy as going, well, we don't really sell very well. But I think there's so many reasons as to why we've not sold very well in the past that should lead to us being a little bit more empathetic to the situation that Edu finds himself in. That said, as I've said a number of times already, um, this summer there is scrutiny. This summer we do need to sell well, and this summer there are far, far fewer excuses for this team to try and get a good price for players like Balogun, Holding, Tierney, Tavares. And when I say Tavares, I mean a good fee is like 15 million quid. I'd bite your arm off for 15 million quid for Tavares. I think that's probably what he's worth. So... 
Let's wait and see what happens. That'd still be more than doubling what we paid for him. So on paper, it looks good on the balance sheet. Uh, I've done a lot of talk on uh, wages and sales and stuff, but we are going to bring the show to an end there. Thank you so much, guys, as always, for tuning in. Really appreciate your time. Uh, do, of course, drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. I'll be back tomorrow morning talking equally quietly whilst we've got our guests here. Um, apologies for the different tone, but I hope you understand as to why I'm doing it and uh, yeah have a fantastic day enjoy your friday and i'll see you very very shortly have a fantastic time and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.